Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Because, of course, it's Friday. That's why we call it the Friday Night Preview Show. So there we go. Uh, I am, of course, Mr. Stamford Chidge, or Uncle Stamford Chidge, as a lot of people are starting to call me. It worries me slightly. It tells me that I am, in fact, old. Uh, maybe even as old as I feel. Who knows? Anyway, thankfully, I've got somebody older than me on the show, but definitely younger in spirit. And that is uh, oh, Mr. I... Jonathan Kidd. Dear chap, how lovely of you to say that. In fact, I've aged 20 years since we spoke on Monday. Uh, but aren't you called the uh, the podfather, Apparently. though? Yeah. yeah, so that's where you should relish that, shouldn't you? Rather than... Uh, Rather than Uncle Chidge, you know, I mean... Poof. No, I take I take them all as terms of endearment and I'm happy, really, just to even be mildly appreciated, Jacob. All right, good, that's lovely. Good, excellent. So who else we got on the show tonight? I don't know, it's your job, mate. Who have we got on? Well, we've got that wonderful double act. Wonderful double act, Newson and Little, Newson and Little, Newson and Whittle. That Newson and Little I prefer, actually. Sounds like a couple of solicitors, actually. I thought you were going to say <laughs> Whittle and Large or something silly like that. No, it would have been. It would be, that would have been horrendous. Um, but, but, <laughs> it's a good but, job we didn't say it then, really, isn't you it? You just said, well, we didn't say it. Yeah, oh, I think you might have done. Um, uh, the, the, the magnificent Dane with his um, his great observations and his brilliant handling of the uh, of Instagram account. So uh, he's on with us. And we've got Ava, Ava Geezer. From uh, Football London, who's uh, who's never away. I'm 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 intrigued to see he's on again, and uh, uh, once again he's uh, as usual. I, I I can't praise him enough. He's he's perceptive and um, interesting, and uh, much more um, interesting than any of us on the show. So we'll just plug him in and let him go. All right. Yeah. Um, she should. Would she? You tell him, Adam, or shall I? And it's funny that you mentioned to me about your hat trick of appearances and said, I'm going to be the new JK. He's picked it up <laughs> immediately, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he has. He has. So so I'm only on the show um, occasionally from now on then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sorry, mate. You can't get away with it that easily. But Adam, would you like to tell them or shall I, shall I, uh, shall can, I, ta- shall I take ownership of my shame and embarrassment? Yeah, why not? Why not? Okay, well, we we were in fact JK and everybody who's listening, obviously, uh, going to have Sam on tonight because it was Sam's turn. And when I sent the schedule out on our WhatsApp group, as you will all remember, I like a complete prune. Just assumed people read it, but uh, I was wrong. And of course, I've been busy, so I didn't actually remind Sam early this week. Ah. So, so when I I messaged him stupidly at lunchtime as an afterthought, he said, "Chit chit, I can't do it, and I'm going out to dinner." And he, and he was mortified. And I said, no, don't, don't, it, mate, it's all my fault because I should have, like, you know, done it earlier. And so he foisted it upon his pal. No, I asked Adam very kindly if he would like to step in and said, it's not a problem if you can't because I know it's late notice. And look at him, he's here. What a legend he is. Adam, lovely to see you, mate. Thank you very much. And as I said to you, fair, when you have a young child, you never have plans for Friday night. So you're always free. <laughs> In fact, you could be on every week. <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to get out of it or something, JK? What are you trying well, to tell me? Well, it's all about me. There's the three of us. We could be on all the time. <laughs> God preserve us. Anyway, there you go. So that, that's who we've got on tonight. Um, and we're going to kick off with the... Uh, the Malmo game, which uh, I have to, I'm going to have a bit of a confession here, and you'll probably all stop listening now when you realise that your Uncle Chidge stroke podfather is rubbish, basically. But I, I had clients until 8 o'clock on uh, Tuesday night, which is rather inconvenient when we've got a match at 5.45, whenever it kicked off. Uh, ah, so, yes. yeah, I had to TiVo the bloody thing, and I was exhausted after a mental day, literally, as well as metaphorically, 
And then I decided I needed to eat. I didn't end up starting to watch it until half nine. And uh, uh, as it happens, I had a chat with uh, Kerry Dixon and, and he said, mate, fast forward to the second half, mate. You know, so even Kerry thought it was dull, and I have to say I struggled to stay awake for most of it because I was so tired when I watched it on TV. So there, I don't, don't, don't at me, as the kids say. But uh, I mean, the thing is, J.K., it was a bit tougher than it needed to be. Was my kind of overall perception really? Well, they they didn't play dreadfully when they played us at the Bridge. They were just the tactics were a bit devoid of um, interest or even acumen. But they. Uh, they made an effort and um, uh, spurred on by a completely magnificent choir. I mean, I mean, it put, puts us to shame with our songs. This, this brilliant singing that went on, all based on... Were they, were well, they show pop. tunes, JK? Is that why you no, approved? No, they weren't, funnily enough. They were all pop standards. There was, uh, I detected a Stevie Wonder, I, was, I, I just called to say I love you, was one of them. The Beatles, I should have known better. All of these great tunes, and a Boney M tune, Rasputin. I was just, I was thinking, I know that one. Of course, it's going on in the back. We've no idea what they're saying. But as I said in the fan bite, in fact, when it gets to champions of Europe, fuck off, fuck <laughs> off. You know where you are. And I was surprised that the uh, the commentators didn't say uh, uh, anybody offended by that. Please, um, you know, uh, we apologised for because in actual fact, um, it went on for five minutes. So I, they must have thought they were singing something else. But um, uh, in terms of the football, um, yeah, I thought that, the, uh, you know, put in a great effort, as I said, spurred on by the crowd. And we were just slightly off it. You know, it's that thing of, uh, um, I mean, these games, they should absolutely take him to the cleaners every time. And in fact, you know, we, we stepped up again in the second half, which which he appears tactically to be able to do. So, you know, the, that forlorn hope one used to have thinking oh, it might all change in the second half under previous managers in this instance it tends to change in the second half because he'll he'll tweak something so um uh and in this instance he just changed um uh he changed uh Zayek and and Adoy round and that was a fabulous goal let's make no no bones about it fantastic goal they scored and yet a lot of the time you thought well they might get a lucky one it's always that terrible feeling watching the Blues, which I've had since I was little, was that it doesn't really matter how many goals to the good you are. You know, the last five minutes, they'll score a couple of lucky ones or something. But that's that's a, an old person's fear. But um, no, it wasn't. It was, um, I, I, you know, I think uh, um, have they played, um, uh, they've played Juventus away already, haven't they? They've already played them at home, haven't they? Isn't that right? Am, am I correct? Um, Malmo have played Juventus at home or have they not done that yet? They have and they beat them easily, didn't they? Yeah, I think they yeah. beat them 3-0, didn't three they, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we haven't got that possibility of them improving. So um, it's all going to be down to the, the Juventus well, at home. I, I, that's, yeah, I'd like, to kind, of, like yeah. to kind of finish up with that, if I may. But uh, Adam, I mean, JK's uh, kind of... I mean, that was the intriguing thing, wasn't it, really? Um, that uh, it wasn't Tuchel who changed it around at half-time. It was his assistant, and he basically just uh, switched... Um, you know, ZH with Hudson Adoy. So you basically had a left footer on the left wing and a right footer on the right wing. Who knew that football was such a simple game to do something <laughs> like that? Eh? But of course, it, it enabled them to get down the wings quicker rather than fanning about and crossing it across the pitch, which is what they tend to do. Um, but it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Remind me of the assistant's name because it's gone out of my head. Arno Mickles. Arno Mickles. 
yeah credit to Tuchel for uh for being that open about it um obviously there will be other coaches out there who would have taken the credit I'm mm. sure um but yeah he basically said that the the you know Arno came to him and said that look we can get down the flanks here if we swap over Callum and, and Hakeem Ziyech you'll have natural players on, on that side and they won't have to cut back and cross with their weaker foot which gives Malmo a bit more time to set up their defense so hey it worked to it worked a treat and so I thought the goal was, you know, it was Callum's goal, really. I mean, he did the, the hardest part of that. It was him who interchanged um, passes with Havertz, and then his cross was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the the weight of it was perfect to just keep it out of the way of the defender and the goalkeeper, but leaves Ziyech with an easy finish. So, I mean, yeah, even really... Ziyech couldn't miss that one. <laughs> Quite. Um, but no, I say there was another. It was another good moment for Hudson Odoi. He's really had a good run of it. Um, in the uh, in the last few weeks, and as I always now seem to get a plug in on here, I wrote a piece earlier in this week um, just about <laughs> Callum and how I thought it would be important now that after the international break, actually, I think it's going to be important that Tuchel sticks with him because I think if you get Lukaku and Werner back, you get Pulisic fit and Mount fit, and then you suddenly cast Hudson and Doyle aside again. I don't think that sends the greatest message given he's done exactly what you wanted him to do and stepped up when you've had injuries. So, um, so yeah, from just from that perspective, I really hope Callum stays in the team now for the next... I think Zayek's the loser here, actually. I think the others will get in ahead of Zayek, mm. I think. Despite his making an effort. He tries. He's trying really hard, but, you know. Do you think, do you think Callum has done enough, Adam? Oh, that's a very hard question to answer. Uh, personally, yes, because look, he would. I think it's like the last five games that he's played as a as a left winger. He's got well, he would have had the assist for Timo Werner against Southampton had VAR not gone back forty five minutes and found a reason to disallow yeah. that goal. He got an assist against uh, Malmo at home. Scored against Norwich. Got an assist pretty much for Reese's goal at, at Newcastle, and he's got another assist in the week. So he's he's having an impact in these games and. That's all Tuchel's ever asked of their his attackers. I think he said the the statistics. The statistics are important. You have to have goals and assists, and Callum has that at the moment. So if you you do get your big your big hitters back and suddenly dispatch him back to the substitutes bench, I have a feeling that probably could do a lot of harm in the longer run. And I feel that Callum has done what's needed. So yeah. personally, I've got to keep him. I mean, I certainly would. I I I still think that he's arguably out of all of the uh, the crop of. Uh... You know, kids that have come through, I think he's arguably the most talented and, and I desperately, desperately, desperately want to see him succeed at the club. Almost matched, Dane, uh, by a certain Mr. Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who uh, who's also had a, a little bit of a run of games, uh, you know, recently. And I think, like Callum, has done what he has been asked to do. And I mean... Uh, a lot of people were, were were praising him after the Malmo game, saying he was the man of the match. I mean, I, I get a sense with with Loftus Cheek that maybe this is his moment, and I and I say that because I think there is nobody else in the side who plays in midfield who can really do what he does. Yeah, this is his moment. This is his last chance, possibly. Uh, I saw him at Fulham, and I really wasn't impressed. I just was hoping like like many that it was the injury just holding him back it was horrible horrible nasty uh very career ending injury from for, from 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 decades ago and it's obviously taken him a long time to get over it and it's just so nice to see him playing with freedom uh you know I saw somewhere recently on social media they was they was 
saying similarities between him and Kovacic, how, you know, they both drive with the ball. I think Ruben's got a, a little bit more uh, going on for him. It's a lack of a cutting edge. You know, we all know we've seen him score goals, but, you know, he's going for a, a big dry spell, even going back to the loan spell with Fulham. I think he only got one goal, uh, maybe two, I can't remember. But, he, you know, he, he doesn't look very confident anywhere near the goal. He's still trying to have a shot, but it's... Uh, It'll be good when he gets his first goal. And I think it, hopefully it's at Stanford Bridge. It should give him lots of confidence. But yeah, he, he surprised loads of us. You know, I was I was quite upset with... with We heard rumours coming out that Tuchel liked him, but also the club was, was you know, looking to maybe maybe get rid of him. Obviously, I've not got my ear or, or any contacts of a club to know how true that was. But I was quite upset when we got Saul because there was, you know, Tuchel had said, you know, nice things about him, been really positive about him. We've heard links to, you know, similarities to Balak. And you thought, well, this could be his chance. When we sound Saul, I thought, oh, no, that's just a step back for him. But, you know, good for him. You know, he's he, he, he's come up trumps again. You know, he's he's pushed past certain players, you know, and he, he's at the front now. He's given Tuchel a headache and Tuchel's even said he wants more. So, you know, if you're performing so well and the manager's still saying, yeah, that's brilliant, but I want more, you can do so more, that, that, that's got to give him confidence. You wonder if, if signing Saul actually gave him a, um, a kick up the backside slightly personally. He just thought, I've got to get ahead of this. I've got to do it. Could this. have gone the other way, though, JK. It could couldn't have been, it? Absolutely, it could have done. But it's, it's to, it's, it's to his, him. his. Yeah, absolutely. It's to his great uh, favour that he, uh, he he managed to do that. I don't know if I said this on Monday, but I've got a Fulham mate. I had a coffee with him and he actually said, Can I just say, he said, before we were talking, can I just say, he said, fucking Loftus cheek. He said, fuck. He said, I can't fucking believe it he said he he played for us all he did was fall over and he plays for you and he plays out of his skin he said i can't believe it i cannot and he actually slightly said i cannot fucking believe it he said good i've got that i've got that out of my uh out, out of my um uh system now so now we'll have a normal conversation he said so with him. <laughs> but to be fair though i did say weeks ago or when we was on jody morris sure it's jody morris made a really good point he said you got to remember but Ruben has played in successful teams since the age of nine. So that environment he had around Fulham. He, exactly, he exactly. He completely struggled with. Yeah. He probably had no idea what was Adam head. Adam? No, no, look, I, I wrote a piece in, <laughs> I wrote a piece in the summer. <laughs> you know that, well, this reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever watched. I love it, we're setting you up every it's a, time. It's American Pie. You know, that. there's that one time at Bandcamp. It's like now we go, well, there was this piece I wrote a few months ago. No, no, this isn't, this isn't a plug. Well, it is indirectly a plug. But I wrote this piece in the summer about Ruben and how I thought his Fulham loan in isolation was exactly what he needed. Sure, he didn't absolutely tear it up, but he went and played 30 games, which after basically 18 months without kicking a football in serious anger was exactly what he needed. And yeah, he didn't go and score 10 goals and do X, Y, and Z, but he played and he got, the most important thing was he got the trust in his body back, yeah. which I think is huge. And loads of Fulham fans gave me abuse when I wrote this piece on social media saying that I thought Ruben would have a chance at back at Chelsea. And they were saying, what are you talking about, mate? He's rubbish. Blah. And I was like, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I mean, you know, I see, I see you, Adam, and I raise you because I remember I wrote a piece actually about both Callum Hudson Odoi <laughs> and Loftus Cheek saying that the biggest problem that they will have will be psychologically how they recover because when you get injuries like that, I mean, actually, I think even more so uh, for Callum because I, I was there and he, he, there was nobody within ten feet of him and he just went down. And the psychological problem with that is that if you if you've got somebody who two foots you and breaks your leg, you kind of know why your leg got broken. 
But when you just fall down on a heap and your Achilles snaps, it's like, well, it might happen again. How? I mean, you know, this is something I can't control. So that you- I think was the biggest issue, and I agree with you. He's he, and he said himself, didn't he, this week that he feels that he's 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 now got confidence he's in his body. That. Yeah, Jacob, but it's interesting. Sorry, whether, whether, no, no, no problem. Whether in fact the fact that um, uh, Callum um, w- healed more quickly similarly put dreadful pressure on him because yeah. he's. I don't, he's- I don't think Callum's was as severe as as what Ruben ended up doing. Which is well, well, I thought it was the same kind of injury, it but, was, but, it was, but, but not as severe. Okay, but yeah. you still wonder, you know, your mate who's done the same thing. Supposedly, you just think, oh my goodness, Dave, because he he was having great difficulty. They had to almost reteach him, didn't they? Um, uh, uh, Loftus Cheek, how to walk yeah. again? Yeah, because it had been so so vile. So, well, more and more, you think about the performances. If he can get back to the level that we we hoped he would get to. It'll be absolutely brilliantly achieved. I, I mean, the, the thing, the thing that I've really loved most of, I mean, I, I mean, we all, I remember we all used to say it on the show when he started. I mean, that that's that Sarri season really was was when he broke through properly. I think because I mean, I remember when he first came through, he just looked like a little boy lost. He looked absolutely out of his depth, yeah. and he would keep keep on getting substituted, and usually quite correctly. That Sarri season, he, he he looked like the player we'd all seen playing for the youth side. But what what struck out was he was such a unit. And people yeah. would bounce off him. And and he lost that when he came back after the injury. But now he looks like that player again. And I don't know whether Tuchel's just encouraged him to say, look, come on, mate, you're a big guy. Just use your physicality here. But people are bouncing off him again. And he's also really eager. And I think this is Tuchel's influence entirely, actually, because, you know, Loftus-Cheek is always trying to win the ball back when we lose possession. And he's doing it very aggressively. And it's just lovely to... I mean, I know he's got so many other parts to his game. Brilliant. But that skills. tells you everything you need to know about where his mind's at. He also did a wonderful piece of skill. Sorry, Dane. A wonderful piece of skill in the corner where he went round a player, then dragged it back to get yeah. the ball to centre it, which was really class. class. It, once again, I keep saying Hullet. Very Hullet-like. Huge as Hullet. Got that ability to, to just... F- swap people off but then a consummate piece of skill you know sorry dane well i was just going to say you know what i what i liked about what chidge said you're seeing the good and bad of what adam said selfishly for us him going to play for fulham very averagely but playing those 30 games has really helped us out but not there's going to be any fulham supporters listening to this will be thinking (laughs) well what about us you know the the fans, the coaching staff well we 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 needed him to do a job you know it wasn't just all about him getting fit but for us, it's it's benefited us and him massively because we're seeing, well, what they never saw, but we we're seeing what we've seen before as well. If that makes sense, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant, and I'm so happy for him. Oh, I think maybe he's added bits to his game too, and I, I think we can thank Tuchel for that. Right, uh, obviously we've got a game tomorrow. We've got Burnley. Um, as luck would have it, uh, because Adam so kindly stepped in uh, at the last minute. I think you were at the presser today, weren't you? Yes. yes. So from what I understand, Adam. Uh, Werner, Lukaku, Kovacic, as we probably could have predicted, are out. Uh, Alonso picked up an injury in the last minute against Malmo, and he's out. And Mount, who we thought would be out, might actually be available, but apparently he's got an issue with his wisdom teeth. But Mount, the Mount yes. situation seems a bit fluid, so I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. Yeah, so Mason's got an infection from a wisdom tooth issue, so... He took or said he'll be in the squad tomorrow. I would be surprised if he starts. Um, maybe you give him 20 minutes if he's up to it. But yeah, Tuckle said that he's not been able to eat too much. So he's lost a little bit of weight. And um, and basically said that it's going to need proper treatment because uh, he's on medication at the moment, but it might need proper treatment and that might delay him joining up with 
England because naturally he's been called up uh, for the England squad despite the fact he hasn't played the last two games for Chelsea. Um, uh, don't start a, me on that. But yes, it sounds like he'll be in the squad. I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's just on the bench though and, and isn't used if if isn't if he's not needed basically. Well, well, indeed. I mean, you know, the, the I mean, I, I mean, okay. I'll ask you really because I mean, I've, I've, I've my only I didn't see the presser today because I was out. Uh, but um, I, I, I read your report actually, so that's, that's how I only know what what you put in that in a sense. But was there any other news that was interesting to hear from Tuchel today? Because I, I my, my quick summary of the questions was they asked absolutely exactly what I expected them to ask. Uh, they asked a lot about Callum slash England because he's not joining up with the under-21s again, even though they would like him to, which Tuchel basically said, you know, it's his choice. And if they're, you know, he'll know the consequences to that. So, so be it. He's a grown man. Let him make his own decisions. And if there's consequences, then that's that. That's that. Probably the most, or one of the bigger interesting points from it was how effusive Tuchel was about Conor Gallagher. Um there was a lot of very positive things said about Gallagher. He sort of reaffirmed the fact that Gallagher could have stayed at Chelsea this summer, uh, but Palace came in with a very presentable opportunity and then they all decided it would be best for him. But I think he said something along the lines of, you could wake up Cal- uh, uh, Connor at 4am and he'll be sprinting, running, winning duels and trying to pick up balls for you. Um, so it's clear from just that that Tuchel was really high on, on Gallagher and wouldn't be a huge surprise next summer if he's uh, incorporated into the into the squad. He said that about Kovacic last week, though. He did. He did. He used three the same o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, he, but he, he said four. Training. He said four for. He said four for Connor, which is so even what's later. That, what's that all about? Perhaps the, perhaps the clocks have gone back. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> yes, that's that. Let's see that. I'm sure that's what Tuchel was referring to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can tell you uh, that uh, I, I, you know the article that I've been meaning to write a week for you, Adam. Uh, but as I've had a mental week. Um, thank, thanks to me not writing it before the press conference that I might I mean I should explain to the peeps listening that my titles never ever make the uh, you know the, uh, the the headline in the articles of Football London probably understandably so uh, and I shall prove it now because my title will be wake him up before he go goes and I think we'll know what that's all about indeed and it's not wham Okay. Um, anyway, I mean, we've kind of mentioned a few things about the the call ups, and I mean, I I I I I read with fascination, funny enough, Southgate's remarks about Callum, and I have to say, I read them with a lot of delight and warmth that we've pissed off the England manager, the uh, the interloper who shouldn't really be there, in my opinion. But um, uh, you know, we've got uh, Reese called up, obviously. Uh, Chilwell's got a call up, obviously. Uh, Mount's got a call up. I'm a, I'm very annoyed about that because you know if he's not fit enough to play for Chelsea this weekend, then he shouldn't be going to England. So you could say the same about Kante to France, of course, who of course has been picked, and Pulisic, of course, who has been picked by the USMNT to go and play on some ropey fecking pitch somewhere on the boondocks and probably go and injure himself again. You can see I'm happy about this. Um, are there any Chelsea players who were unlucky to not get the call up? I mean, Chaloba or Chalabar springs to mind. Yeah, I think Trev was pushing. I mean, I, I can understand maybe it is a bit too soon, but you know he's played ten games for Chelsea now and hasn't put a foot wrong. So you could have made a, a convincing argument for for him to be involved, especially when you see someone like Harry Maguire in there at the moment is playing absolutely awfully because he's not fully fit and Tyrone Mings Tyrone Mings isn't <laughs> yeah Tyrone Mings isn't playing brilliantly and, and say Connor Cody is is probably has a lower ceiling than someone like Trevor Chalaber but 
I think you could, could make the argument. To be honest, if if you're making the argument for Trevor Chalaber, you could probably make a stronger argument for Tamori, who is part of a AC Milan defence on a regular basis and is playing well, but seemingly is overlooked. So, yeah, for me, Chalaber, you could have made an argument, but I don't think it's a huge surprise he's, he wasn't involved. I mean, I'll, I'll be really honest with you, boys. I mean, it's funny how things change, doesn't, isn't it? I mean, I remember, you know, as a young man, just bursting with pride when Kerry Dixon, you know, got called up for England. I remember bursting with pride when Tony Dorigo and Lasso used to get called up for England. Nowadays, I just hope that none of them get called up so that they get exhausted playing stupid teams or worse, get injured or even worse, get misused by Southgate. I mean, basically, look at the damage that he did to Ben Chilwell during the Euros, you know. That 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 impacted us because we didn't have him available for the first I don't know six seven games wasn't it, JK? Yeah. And yet the man with hair played out of his skin. Well, so. luckily Chelsea are better than England, so we had enough cover. But uh, I I'm not a fan, I have to say. Um, but there you go. But I mean, I know they love it, and so they should. You know, it's it is a great honour, and we should also, I suspect, really feel quite good that we got a lot of uh, Chelsea players in the squad. But there you go. Um, we're talking of uh, Chalo Bar. Uh, Adam, he's uh, thankfully uh, signed uh, a long-term contract, haven't hasn't he? Which is, I mean, at least we've got one defender signed up anyway. Yes, there's one around next uh, next season. Uh, the other four, we're still not sure about. Um, no, it's great, great for him. Huge reward for for what he's managed to do, and I think also very important what he essentially represents. Because look, in the summer we saw Tammy go, we saw Tamori go. Tino Livramento, Tino Andrew and Lewis Bate, we saw a lot of academy grads go out the door and you were wondering, after the success that Lampard had had in terms of bringing these guys through, you were left wondering, hmm, are we going back to the same old Chelsea here? Obviously, the circumstances fell into place for Trevor Chalaber if, if there was a, a normal summer where it wasn't European Championships, Copa America and the Intercal had their full squad in from day one. Does he get in? Probably not. So there were circumstances that helped him, but look, he he did everything he could in preseason. Was given his chance in the Super Cup was absolutely fantastic, and and it was that point that Tuchel made the choice to go. Yeah, actually, I've seen enough from you here that I think you can have a, a big impact in this side. And and to go through the loan spells, to go through the sort of route he has, I think that's important for the guys below him in the academy as well to see that you can actually go out on loan and and you're not just forgotten about. There is a plan for you potentially. Um, but also for him, you know, he deserves his new contract. He'll be around hopefully now for three or four years, and uh, if not, you know, longer. Um, and and Chelsea know that they've got at least one centre back contract to the to the club for next season. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Are, are there any more um, youths that we've missed out on that might find their way into the uh, into the squad who were centre halves? Uh, Levi Colwell, who is okay. at Huddersfield. It's at Huddersfield, yeah. yeah, yeah, very, very. I think he's only 18 still. Um, he's just very, I have to say, he's just very good. Uh, he's he's very good in everything. And I think for someone who's 18 to be as defensively aware as he is, is, is rare. He's excellent on the ball. He's left-footed, so you could see him playing on the left of a back three or the left of a, of a back four. So I think he's probably the one where you go, yeah, I can see him in the next two or three years being incorporated. Saying all that, we thought Mark Gurhey was going to be on that path and then he was sold. So, um, so yeah, Chelsea. I mean, Gurhey was ready now, though. That was the, 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 the tragedy of him, really, wasn't it? Um, he was ready to come in. So you can understand why he had to go, because right here and now he's got Thiago Silva, who 
I still say we don't speak enough about on this bloody show. I, I'm falling massively in love with Thiago. I just think he's 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 the way he plays. He's one of the best defenders I've ever seen. He's absolutely world class still. So you got him. You got Rudiger. You know, Aspie's still kicking around defensively. So you can see why Gay he thought, you know what, I'm ready now and I want to go and play. And I, yeah. half of me has no problem with that. It's I think it's really sad that he's gone. But I'm a big fan of the club actually putting buyback clauses on some of these kids who go out. I really am. Yeah. And I, to be honest, there's, you know, you can make a counter argument here that if, if Mark, uh, he stays around, you do, you probably don't keep Trevor Chalaber around. So, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, it's, uh, it's harder and it's getting harder and harder for people to try and disprove the argument that those who come through at Cobham are not good enough or not ready and X, Y, and Z. Because I think there's enough evidence to suggest that most are. Well, I mean, not only that, Adam, but, uh, you know, the ones that we are, that we loan out or we've sold are, are invariably the best players in the clubs they go to. Conor Gallagher has been the best player at Palace this season. Lamptey, when he br- went to Brighton, tore it up. Uh, Liveramento, you go and talk to a Southampton fan, they'll say, yeah, he's he's nearly always the man of the match for us when he plays. So I think what we're, what we're seeing, we're seeing exactly what we've always known that actually Cobham is the best academy in the world. And these these kids are going out there and they're proving it, and it's bloody marvellous. Um, I'll tell you what else would be bloody marvellous, although it means really very little, as we all know. Uh, but Tommy T has been uh, our favourite manager, has been voted uh, the or nominated for the October Manager of the Month award. Um, who else has been nominated, Adam? Do you know? Let, oh, me, get, let me guess, let me guess. Guardiola, Klopp... Oh. Klopp, yes, not Guardiola. Not Moise, Ollie. Moyes and Vieira. Vieira. Yeah, that's just, think, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think Tuchel's the only one with 100% record. I think I think it will be Tuchel when it is, you say. I think he's won West Ham game, lost so. one. West Ham lost to Brentford. I think Palace had three draws, but one good win. And I think Liverpool had two draws, but two big 5 0 wins. So, yeah, I think Tuchel will be getting it, I think, this month. Yeah. Adam, Adam you agree with that? Yeah, I think he will. But to be honest, and not you know trying to speak for him, but I don't think there's anything Tuchel could care less about. To be completely honest, no, he's, made his, he's made his belief on individual awards yeah. clear already. So, um, and that was for the players. So I don't think he's going to be overly fussed. No, I totally agree. I mean, it's really quite funny because, uh, as you'll find out later on this evening, but uh, in the pre- Premier League predictions uh, league that we run, uh, if you are manager of the month, funnily enough. And that means of the whole thing. So not just our league, which is the Chelsea Fancast League, but there are many, many leagues there. There's something like 1,700 people play this game and there are only 74 of us. So if you win the whole manager of the month, you do get, in fact, a bottle of whiskey, a bottle of Glenfiddich as a prize in honour of the old Bells uh, manager of the month awards in the time of Clough and Fergie, etc., etc., etc. So, you know, I like that. There's kind of, there's a nice little bit of nostalgia there. Anyway, more of that later. An echo, little echo. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm not going to talk about Conte going to Spurs because I don't really want to talk about Spurs or Conte, really. So I'm going to scrap that and say, uh, Adam, it's been absolutely delightful, as always, to uh, to have you on the show. We're so lucky and privileged that you uh, you come along and share your knowledge with us. It's lovely to see you, of course, as well. Chidge, ask Sam again and then ring him up in the afternoon again and, <laughs> and send him a message. And then Adam will be on the show again. I know. Uh, well... <laughs> No, actually, I mean, see, Sam feels really bad about it. And I said, don't. It's not your fault, mate. It's my fault for, for making presumptions when I should have actually talked to you beforehand. Um, but he says, I've, I've, I've looked at the schedule now and I'm all right for all the other dates. So, so there you go. So, you know, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but Adam, great to see you as always, mate. Um, obviously, you'll be there tomorrow. Yep. 
I will be indeed looking forward to it. Get my last Chelsea fix in before the international break. Indeed, we'll get JK to wave to you tomorrow because he can actually see the people in the press box, whereas I can't. And I can. I should try. And, I, I'll, I'll oh, JK, you're, you're on your stool, aren't you? From what time? Oh, yeah, tomorrow? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from uh, from midday. Yeah, yeah. With, so, uh, yeah. I will tr- I'm not getting it shouldn't be there till about half 12 so I'll try and come over and say hello yeah, please with letter 215 with with uh, Tim Rolls of course and his sexton his brilliant sexton his god book Tim is great writer so um but yeah no I might and just a couple of people on Facebook said uh, you know what what Sam Sam's connection is there anything about Chelsea in it well over the three volumes that I've written so far he's he mentions them quite quite regularly but um it doesn't take up a a chapter like he does with playing cricket because he was a bit obsessed with cricket my dad but it's still some nice little references to his um his days at uh at the bridge uh because he went to the um uh he mentions the moscow dynamo game which he went to in 19 uh, i think it was 45 just after the um just after the the, the world war had ended and what a kind of normality that tried to to establish and he stood by the goalpost he said because there were there were so many thousands of people hanging off trees and they just let them in and they gave up. And, uh, and, and he said he enjoyed watching the whole of the game standing by the goal. It was the first time he'd ever done it, at, uh, obviously at a football match like that. But he, he mentions that. But otherwise, it's, it's about his career, which was a very interesting career in a, a very obvious post-war Britain because he get, keeps getting invited to the war office to comment on whether people are spies or not from his experience uh, as a prisoner of war. And uh, the very fact he then goes off and acts in things is just the, the always there was this feeling of uh, of the war just ended and it wasn't really finished. That, you know, it's that aspect of it, which seeped through in, uh, into the first five years in a period in which he made uh, 100 and he was in 119 films, my dad. Mm. So, but thank you. Yes, thank you wow. for giving me to give it a plug. Well, so, well, yeah, give, give, it a, give it a proper plug. What, what's happening at 12 tomorrow, JK? We're, we're, we're out. Thank you very much, Jidge. We're outside. Myself and Tim Rolls are outside. We're at um, uh, we're at Marco Marco's. No, uh, no, no. It's, not, it's not DJ's pitch. Yeah. Sorry, it's DJ's pitch. CFC UK stall. Sorry, I'll get it right. Yeah, it's at the CFC UK stall. Dave yes. gets very particular yeah. about yeah, that. I know he's he's right to do that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. CFC, and um, and uh, we'll both have copies of our books and we'll be uh, signing them and selling them. So um, I'm taking about um, I don't know uh, 400 copies and just hope I do well. No, 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 I'm kidding. Save, can you save <laughs> one for me? Save one for yeah, me. Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, so, how much are they? Well, they're 15 quid, but you know, I'm, I'll. You know, no, no, I'll pay full dollar, mate. I don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, can you well, save me one as well, JK? I've got, please. I've got my I've got my card. I'm really organised. Got my card reader. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But if you it. want to bring, if you want to bring cash, that's okay by me. <laughs> I'm winking here. At Zoom. Okay. okay, good stuff. Well, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you, Adam, for that um, that uh, memory. Thank you. But more more to the point, because I mean, JK is usually stuffing himself with uh, roast swan at that uh, time of the day, as we all know. <laughs> Which is why he's never really in the pub with us before a match, which is why you never, ever really get to meet him in the cock with us. Uh, so if you want to meet JK, meet the legend himself, then all you have to do is turn up to the CFC UK stall at 12 tomorrow, people. So there you go. What a treat that will be for you. So there you go. <laughs> Enough said. Um, as I said, Thank Adam. You very much. Pleasure, Thank you, Chid. Pleasure. I'll see you there too, mate. But Adam, as always, lovely to see you. Hopefully I'll get to see you tomorrow as well, actually. That'd be nice. Uh, and uh, we will see you very, very soon, I hope. Yes, definitely, guys. Take care. Hello, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Righty-ho, there we go. Uh, That's a bit of a long... I'll get my teeth in. That was a long uh, first part. Uh, We will be back in a minute with the the wonderful opposition view, uh, which we've got George Poole from No Nay Never, which is a Burnley podcast. We'll see you in a sec.
fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. Uh, I am, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, as ever, I have the lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Great to be on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And the equally lovely Mr. Dane Whittle, who uh, I should say is also uh, now a co-host of... I haven't seen you since this has happened, I don't think, on the show, but you're now uh, co-hosting on Went to Mo King's Meadow, aren't you, Dane? Yeah, no, uh, Dean Dean invited me on and, uh, you know, it was an honour. You know, I, I know a little bit about the women's game. I've always followed, obviously, via... The, the the American team and I've always known you know about the the Chelsea team so which my knowledge of women is quite good and it's allowed me to 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 extend my knowledge and I'm watching more I'm I'm trying to learn more unfortunately I can't go to the games because a lot of the times you know my weekends are busy plus going to the men's but you know it's lovely getting involved you know talking we're trying to trying to build it you know we hear so many stories about oh let's build women's game together uh which is funny because a lot of other people don't want to promote us but you know that's just another story uh but yeah really enjoying it dean and jane very hard workers jane's our little secret weapon because she goes to 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 all the games and and uh she's got so much you know inside knowledge and dean is you know he's a he's brilliant at what he does so you know i'm really enjoying it yeah i mean i i love it and 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 all of you lot for doing it and as Dean knows, any support I can give, he can get any time he wants. J.K. It's the future, though, isn't it? It's 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 Dean and Dane and Jane. It's run, running <laughs> running both fan cards. Let's be let's be honest. That's it. It's going to happen. It's yeah. funny. There's about ten years between all of us. I think Jane to Dean and me to yeah, Dean. Yeah, but that, it's then funny. it's the same as us, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's I'm it's the I'm same. Chidge, and then there's there's yourself. It'll slowly but surely be pushed out. Well, then it'll be it'll be you running it. So, are you, are you, what are you saying? You're saying you're the first to go, are you? Oh, I must be just from you know. <laughs> there's a theme here, J.K. There's a theme running through the show no, at the is, moment. Is, what are you isn't. trying to tell me? No, I'm not. It's decrepitude, Chidge. <laughs> it's my body giving up. You know, my voice yeah. and everything going. But no, I wasn't. I'm just in the future, just looking for the future. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I you know, I, I said to, I don't think I've told you this. So this is probably a bit naughty of me, but I've said to, to Dean that you know, I think he does an excellent job presenting on 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 went to Mo King's Meadow, and maybe you know, I could have a night off occasionally, and maybe he might like want to do it because I think I think he'd be really good. You know, yeah. obviously I would still be a control freak and have to do the script, but I've yeah. learned now not to put my jokes in it when somebody else presents. <laughs> I remember, I'll never forget that. I can't remember exactly what it was, but when you when you did the TV show, I wrote I wrote all these funny gags, and you had no idea what they were. And I said, "Why didn't you fucking say?" It? And he said, "I don't. I didn't understand what the hell you were talking about." It was actually, that. Sadly, that never made it on air because that was actually even funnier. But there you go. Who knows? Uh, we're anyway. We're waffling on because that's what we like to do. And I don't know if anybody can hear this, but uh, down where I live, it sounds like apocalypse now out there with all the fireworks <laughs> going off. So I don't know if you can hear that. But anyway, uh, now it is time for this: the opposition view. So we've got uh, George Paul from No Nay Never podcast in Burnley. Good evening, George. How are you? 
Yeah, good evening, Chidge. Really good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the podcast with you guys today. Lovely. Well, it's lovely to have you on. So thanks very much for coming on. Do you want to do you want to tell us a little bit about No Name? I mean, where does No Name Never come from? Uh, so No Name Never is an old. It's an. I'm pretty sure it's it's an Irish folk song. Yeah. But um, that is the big chant um, for Burnley and Blackman Blackman Rovers actually. Uh, obviously, I was is a, a better version. I was going to say, know. how does that go down? You both got the same chant, and you basically hate each other. How does that work? I mean, it's really good at a, a, a game because we all sing it at the same time, but with different expletives for yeah. the other team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, we have similar yeah, versions as well, of course, as all, as all football clubs do in a funny yeah. old sense. So how long's it been going for? So I'm pretty sure it's about seven seasons now right. uh, that we've been going. I've been with the team for two and a half years now. Um, but yeah, we've been going for quite a while, coming up towards 10 years. A bit oh. like Dash. <laughs> well, I was going to say, good... Good segue, my friend. You've obviously been reading my mind because I kind of noticed uh, that it's, uh, it's you just literally just celebrated nine years of Sean Dyche being in charge. Uh, I mean, that must make him the uh, the longest serving, certainly longest serving Premier League manager, I would have thought, by quite a distance. But what what does he mean to, to the club and also to you lot, the fans? If everything. I mean, just from my own personal viewpoint, I'm 21 um, obviously, so we just celebrated his nine-year anniversary. I I don't think I'd be able to like recognise the club without Sean Dyche's manager. Mm. It, it it literally just they go together just perfectly. And obviously, when he came into the club, we were on the brink of pretty much you know hovering above going down to League One, uh, being relegated from the Championship. We were a bit of, we were a mess of a team. Funnily enough, it was Eddie Howe uh, who was manager before him, and we were leak, leaking goals for fun. We had to sell Charlie Austin to QPR for four million um after Dash had been at the club for six six months and it was two days before the start of the season. Um fast forward nine years, we've got a new training ground, brand new state of the art training ground. The actual ground turf more's been improved no end. Uh despite wooden seats still being available in some sections of the away end. And the whole club just has a completely different feel to it. We've experienced seven seven seasons, I believe, in the Premier League, six on the trot now. And obviously, it goes without saying, qualifying for the Europa League the other year was just something that wouldn't even have been in my wildest dreams when he signed for the club in 2012. So, yeah, he does mean everything to the club and we just can't wait to uh, see what more he does for us in the coming years. I mean... I mean, I know you. I know you're a youngster, and I, and I'm, trust me, George. I'm not holding that against you at all. But I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not even. I'm not old enough. I mean, my my mate J.K. will be old enough to remember this. But Burnley, of course, won the league, didn't they? I think it was sixty-one. 1960, yeah. 60, 1960. And they, they were certainly in the cup final against United a couple of years later, weren't they? So, you know, it's not like Burnley have never won stuff. I mean, they've got a great tradition, but. That having been said, would you say that Dyche is the best manager that Burnley have ever had? Um, probably the title um, winning team would beg to differ. But I think in the modern era, it yeah. pretty much goes without saying that Dyche is the, the best manager uh, of the modern era. I mean, we were talking about then the 1960s. I'm pretty sure 1967 was the last time before, obviously, we qualified that Burnley played in Europe. Because when we obviously went into the European campaign in 2018, it was the first time in 51 years. So, I mean, it it, it really was a whirlwind experience. Yeah. I mean, to finish seventh in the Premier League and on the, the, the budget we that we had, 
it's just absolutely astonishing. Yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a real soft spot for Sean Dyche. I really have, and I think what he what he does at Burnley is nothing short of miraculous, actually. So, I mean, how, how many more years do you think you'll get out of him? Well, we've just signed a new. I think, I'm pretty sure it's a four-year contract. Um, there was, there's been obviously, there's been talk year upon year. People thinking, oh, he might go to this club, he might go to that club. But the funny thing is, he's not fashionable, so nobody, nobody comes in for him. But there was a point uh, over the last sort of couple of years where it seemed as though the relationship between Dyche and the, the, the old chairman, Mike Garlick, had broken down a little. There was really a limited amount of funds to spend. It was a case of how much further can I take this club. But wind back to January of this year, and we were taken over by new American owners. And it seems as though the relationship between the new owner, Alan Pace, and the gaffer is going pretty well. And obviously, we've started spending money. Uh, we're not going to... Blow the blow the bank all of a sudden, but you know we, we've got the funds available. We've signed three cracking lads in the summer, and from all the word that's coming out of the club, it, it, it's a rebuild because the squad's an aging squad. It's been practically the same for four or five years now. That's why we've we've struggled recently, but we're bringing in players like Maxwell Corner. There's there's definitely a refresh happening at the club. So I think as long as Burnley fans still want him, and that'll be forever, he'll be at the club. Yeah, excellent. Well, you know, I think for your sake that that sounds good. He's not exactly old. He's quite a young man still, really, Dice. So, you know, he's still got a lot of miles in the tank for you lot. Um, so this season, George, I mean, you've won one, you've drawn four and you've lost five of the opening 10 games. So you're sitting in 18th with just seven points. Um, I was going to ask you how you feel about that. But I'm all I mean, it's really interesting, actually, because Thomas Tuchel, in the uh, in the press conference for Chelsea today, talking about Burnley, said, well, they're short on points, but not on performance. So he's figured it out. I was expecting you to say something like that, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, completely. Um, like it's not been all sunshine and flowers. Let's not let's not be silly. You know, the squad is as I hinted to just then. The squad's really poor. It's aging. It's stale. It, it's just it's a, a consequence of four or five years of just real lack of spending in the transfer window, and it's coming back to bite us now. So whatever we do do this season. It's sort of in spite of the old ownership, really. Um, and Dash is, again, working miracles. But that's not to say the performances have been bad because the last maybe six games, we've played some really good football. Leicester away, we went there, we went 2-1 uh, up and then the equalised last minute, you know, just got the point. But it really feels like Saturday was the turning point. This Dash's Burnley team were just notorious slow starters. Mm. And no one can understand why, but... For the past like four seasons on the bounce, it's been getting the first win in sort of November territory. But then once we get that win under our belt, obviously just something clicks, the confidence is up. And that's the sort of feeling after Saturday. It was the, you know, win on his nine-year anniversary, played some cracking stuff. We saw Brentford apart in the first half. And obviously this weekend's going to be a difficult game, but I feel like we can definitely kick on. And I've got the confidence that we can stay up. Yeah, I mean that was that was obviously what I was going to ask you next. Actually, and I, it's funny actually because I know I did a piece for you guys for your preview show, and I, I said much the same thing that you you notoriously start really really badly, but you you know I'm not worried about you getting relegated. I think you'll stay up as well. I think you'll probably get up to about you know maybe as high as twelfth this season if things go well, because that's what happens. You start a win to win a couple of games, and the momentum picks up. So. I really, I wouldn't be worried either if I was you. So, so we could kind of agree on that. Um, it's interesting actually because I, I, I was looking at your your guys' Twitter feed and you did this wonderful poll 
of uh, you know players who have played for both Chelsea and and Burnley, which is something we used to do actually on the when we used to do this on the radio, and uh, it was always quite fun trying to find you know because it's not easy to find actually believe it or not, and I, I know you kind of. I'm not saying you cheated, but you didn't include any pre Second World War players. But actually, that was very shrewd because they're bloody hard to find. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, what's your favourite? Who's your favourite Chelsea and Burnley player? I, f- I think I'd have to say Jack Cork. Um, and it, it, it's not an obvious answer, that one. Uh, and I don't think you'd get that answer from many people. But when I was uh, at nine, when we first went up to the Premier League in 2009 10, uh, we brought in Jack Cork on loan from you guys. And he was only. 20, 21 years old at the time, but he was you could just tell he had he had talent, he had bags of bags of energy and just run all game. And uh, so obviously when I was 10 years old, just quickly became my favourite player. He's loan number 42, still my uh, lucky number, so to speak. Um and obviously we signed him uh, from Southampton in about 2016, I believe. And he's just a midfield general. And obviously he's get he's getting on a bit now, but there's there's no one who really who works harder wins the ball back in the middle of in the middle of the park and also goes underappreciated as well. But um, obviously we spoke about the European campaign a few years ago. Funnily enough, he just found his goal scoring boots during that uh, those few games and he managed to score a couple of absolute corkers at home to like see us through to the next round. So I think that that'll always hold a special place in my heart. Um, yeah, he's, I think for me, my favourite player to play yeah. for both. No, I, I get, I get that, and I, and I knew you wouldn't say Danny Drinkwater, obviously. Uh, I don't think you guys would say the same either. <laughs> he's, 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 he's becoming a bit. I mean, I don't know if you remember this guy, but he's becoming a bit like uh, Winston Bogard, right? Who basically we signed for a lot of money from somewhere. I can't even remember where now. And he basically sat on the bench, earning forty grand a week, which in those days, like late nineties, was quite a quite a decent bung. And, you know, he's like, you know, doing a Bogard has become a part of the lexicon of the certainly the English Chelsea language. But I think Drinkwater's kind of overtaken it now because he does cause a bit of offence by the fact he just seems to like do nothing and still earn. And he cost us a lot. Anyway, let's not go down there. My favourite Chelsea Burnley player for the record is Ian Britton. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you'd get that answer from a lot, yeah. a, a lot of people. Obviously, I don't know if you realise when we were pretty much about to go out of business, uh, the Leighton Orient game in 1987. Uh, so 20 years after we'd last played in Europe, um, we had this game against Leighton Orient to be relegated from League Two at the time into down into the uh, out of the Football League. And the general consensus is that if we'd have lost that game, uh, the club would have folded and uh, Ian Britton scored the winning goal. So he's always be a legend for the Burnley fans. Lovely, lovely bloke too. And I'm, I'm privileged to know his, one of his sons actually. And they always... Uh, make an appearance for the Chelsea Burnley match that's for sure so uh, we'll all be thinking of him on Saturday uh, right now uh, talking of us um, I mean it's interesting isn't it because we see my, my perception always when we play Burnley is oh god we're playing Burnley that's gonna I mean I think I said on your your show that you're the founder members of the awkward squad so it always kind of worries me a bit and yet you know the reality is I, I, I'm worrying unnecessarily because you know you've only beaten us once I think uh, since 2009, you've had 10 defeats in that time. I mean, I obviously remember the win, uh, the 3-2, when Cahill got sent off. Uh, and I mean, in a weird sense, that was like the beginning of the end for Conte because he'd basically spent the summer, you know, he turned his phone off, basically, because he had the hump about us not signing Chiellini and uh, Bonucci, basically. Yeah. And it all went a bit peak tong after that, really. 
so I kind of remember that game vividly, and it was a bit of a shock. But can you cause us problems on on Saturday? And if so, how are you going to do it? I, I think there's certainly the potential, especially coming off the back of the uh, Brentford game. The confidence is up. F- funnily enough, I, I I think the same as you is I didn't realise that the the stats that you've just given me because I thought we've actually done well at Chelsea yeah. over the years. I've been this will be my fourth trip. The first time I went, obviously, we beat you in the Carlin Cup in 2008. That was a magical night. And then um, second time was actually for the 3-2 game. And that was my first, actually, like, away away game on my own when I was 16. To be 3-0 up at half-time at the Champions, it, it was absolutely bonkers. Because everyone was, I was just looking around the stand and everyone was just sort of bewildered. Just, like, <laughs> complete state of bewilderment. And then, obviously, I, and then I went a couple of years ago where Jeff Hendricks scored a volley to uh, make it 2 all in the end. But I think I think we've definitely got the potential. I mean, this Thomas Tuchel team's a different prospect, I think, than the the weak Conte team that started that 2017 season. But I think the players will be well up for it. They'll be solid defensively. I mean, ideally, uh, this is the first season that we've not gone and lost five 0 away at City in a long time. We only lost two 0 so I've got more confidence going to the big grounds right now. Um, and we've definitely got the potential to strike you, whereas. Perhaps in the past we haven't had that with uh, a bit of a static front line, perhaps. But we've got our new signing, Maxwell Corner, who's just a breath of fresh air in the club. He scored four goals in four games now. Um, and he's just not afraid to shoot from anywhere. The funny thing is, he's left back by trade, but can play a winger. But he's just so above and beyond our teammates that he just plays striker for us. Um, so he's definitely got the potential to, to hit you. And if not him, Chris Wood's got his scoring boots on again. So I, th- I think there's definitely potential there, but I, I don't want to be too confident going into it. I'll take a draw. Yeah, right. I get that. I, I'm very tempted to call Maxwell Cornet, Maxwell Cornet, really. You know, I think it's a bit of a <laughs> yeah. waste. And I was going to ask you, does he start blowing in the second half? But that's probably a bit <laughs> obvious, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's cost more than 99p. That's, that's the uh, <laughs> Cornet like one. <laughs> good good repost, George. I like that. I mean, what, what do you think the lineup's going to be tomorrow? Uh, I, I, I think, I think the same team as the Brentford game. Uh, Dash is notorious for sticking with, sticking with the set, the same team. Got that consistency. Uh, Nick Pope's had he had a shaky start to the season. He was carrying an injury. That's why he was ruled out of the Euro squad. But he, he seems to have got a bit uh, solid in the last few games. And then, right back Matt Lawton, who has been at the club for four five years now, and we signed the new lad Connor Roberts in the summer. You know, cracking young right back from Swansea, but Lawton stepped up to defend his place. And then you've got me and Tarkovsky. Funnily enough, I met Ben Mee this week. That was... I saw that. I yeah. saw that on your, on your Twitter feed. What was all that about? <laughs> that, that was bonkers. We, we, I was quickly uh, talk about it. We, we were going. To, we, I've been to this band four times this past week, and the drummer's a Burnley fan. So all the gigs in London, Bath, Bristol, Manchester, I've started chanting Burnley chants, and he's joined in. So then we were at this uh, gig in Manchester on Friday night, and I, I do it again. And the lead singer shouts me out and goes, what's your name, mate? And I go, George. And he's like, give it up for George. Anyway, after the gig, I go to the toilet and out walks Ben me. And I go, Skipper. And the first thing he said, he went, are you George? I was like, yeah, yeah that's me. And he was like, oh, I've, I've been trying to find you all night after uh, after they shouted you out. I heard the chanting. So uh, I'm, I'm, he did say if I go on Saturday and he sees me, he'll give me his shirt. So I'm going to have to uh, give it the old wave at full time. But So he's definitely going to be there in defence. And then... Uh, Similar midfield, Jack Hawk, Westwood, Goodmanson, McNeil, our shining light. And then up top will be Corney and Wood. Mm, OK, well, we'll see. Well, I, I hope you're, you're going to be in the shed lower on uh, 
Saturday? Unfortunately, I'm in the upper, so I might have to swing the uh, the uh, stewards a tenner or something. <laughs> we'll get a mate to sort it out for you, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good <laughs> cracking story, George, and uh, it's nice to know that you're actually more famous than Ben Mee. Yeah, I mean, he was looking for me after all. I-, I said, yeah, you can have a picture, Ben, go on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, in terms of how it, how it might pan out tomorrow, uh, which is, you know, we, we've played a lot of teams recently where we've been absolutely nailed on favourites. I mean, Newcastle last week, and they basically just put, you know, they had five men in defence, but actually they had 10 men in defence because they had no ambition and they just parked the bus. And I mean, historically, we've often had a, a lot of trouble breaking teams down who do that, as, as a lot of teams do. Um we did on we struggled in the first half, but second half, obviously, once we scored one, the, the floodgates kind of looked like they were going to open. My perception of Burnley is that they're not going to do that. Is that they're actually going to have a go because I, they've done it before. I've seen them do it to. I mean, up at Anfield, for example, they've they, they brilliant performances up there in recent history. So, do you think um, that uh, Dyche is going to have them set up to actually have a go at us and not sit back and defend with ten men? Yeah, well, we've we've definitely got the potential potential to stretch a team now. We've got obviously McNeil, who is a, a real threat on the on the wing, and always always has a knack of just getting round a man, despite not being like the, the quickest of players. But with Corne as well up front, we were working with the Brentford game. They spoke afterwards that during the week they'd worked about getting the ball in behind and getting Maxwell running basically. Mm. So I think we've definitely got that potential to stretch the team, and we're always a threat from set pieces. We we'll give it a right good go for a corner. The, the thing that will swing the game is the first goal. If 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 we score a first goal, we won't go all expansive and trying to get a second. We'll sit in and try and defend the lead. If you score, it'll change. It'll change the game, but it won't change the way we play particularly because it's all about keeping it tight and and trying to nick a goal. Really, that's the game plan. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a difficult one to. I mean, you know, I look obviously I think Chelsea are going to win, but it's still quite difficult to call in a sense because. You know the fact that you might have a go at us, you might get some mileage out of that. But on the other hand, if you have a go at us, you might leave more gaps for us to exploit. So it's it's a difficult Can't one leave. to call. Yeah. it's always swings and roundabouts, and sometimes you, you just cap, capture magic in a bottle, like the the three nil up at half time in twenty seventeen. So it's it's a hard one to call. But I just I'm I'm always wary of being too open and attacking. I I'd prefer to just see us sit in a bit, to be honest, and keep it tight because you've always got the chance to nick a goal. Even if you one nil down, last 10 minutes, you throw the kitchen sink at it. And you've got Corney going down the left, right? Uh, he'll be up top. He should be oh, up right. top. Well, so he'll, be in the, he'll be in the middle, will he? He will, but I f- we think he just like floats about and just gets told, you do whatever you want to do up there and, and create some havoc amongst the defence. But uh, McNeil will be on the left and he'll, he'll be a man to watch. And it, it allows the attention to be off Goodmanson on the right, who's also got a wicked left foot on him. Yeah. No, I, I rate McNeil. I think he's a decent player. So it's going to be interesting. All right, George, I'm going to nail, nail, nail your colours to, colours to the mask with a prediction. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with an optimistic 1-0 Burnley away win. Okay. I, and you might laugh, but if you'll be thinking on Saturday night when we've done it, he called it. He called it. <laughs> well, I'm about to do my my. We have a we have a kind of a predictions league that we run, and uh, I have to be honest that me and JK are absolutely shockingly awful at it. I mean, we're, we're near the bottom of the table, so all of my predictions are absolutely cack. But uh, but nevertheless, I think we're going to win three nil because I just think we're really hard to score against at the moment. And and the other thing is we're scoring goals from everywhere. So 
you know. Well, what I said to my dad was, because obviously Chelsea have started the season wonderfully, but I I just looked towards the last, last weekend. I mean, you've got Liverpool dropping points at home to Brighton. You've got City losing at home to Palace. With teams like this, there's, you've got to, there's, there's a loss coming somewhere. I just hope it's uh, this weekend. Well, I hope it's not, George. But yeah. I, I mean, you know, so I'm not going to wish you any luck for tomorrow, but I certainly will for the rest of the season because, as I said, I, I, I've got a soft spot for Deitch and Burnley and I, I definitely hope they stay up and do as well as you possibly can. So uh, so there you go. Really good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming along. If I see you tom- uh, tomorrow, I shall give you a polite wave, not not the <laughs> usual kind of customary wave that we football fans give each other. And men never know, might have a pint or something. But uh, enjoy your trip down to London and thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, don't wish you luck tomorrow, but the rest of the season, you, you, can, you can give Liverpool and City a good crack for this title. Uh, brilliant stuff there from uh, from George Paul from the No Nay Never podcast. Brilliant name for a podcast, by the way. But uh, I mean, he reminded me a little bit of, of, of Ben, the Travelling Blade, because uh, he's only a young lad. He's about 21, I think. And uh, But it's lovely to hear the passion and the knowledge that he has of his own beloved Burnley. So there you go. Uh, right, we'll be back in a minute for our own preview of the Chelsea-Burnley game tomorrow. In a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Football Fancast.com Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast of me, Stanford Chidge, him down there, Mr. Jonathan Kidd, and the yep. lovely Dane Whittle up there. Uh, JK, I just want to say that the background that you have, which is, of course, an iconic image of Ozzy and Chopper holding up the FA Cup, uh, in 1970, I have that picture hanging on my wall. You can't see it, but it's. It, I'm pointing to it. It's there, okay, wow. and it's signed by Chopper. Oh, brilliant! Sadly, not by Ozzy. By Ozzy, yeah, but yeah. signed it's by great, Chopper. It's a great picture. It is Cause, iconic, cause, mate. Because he's wearing the lead shirt. Yeah. I was just thinking, who did he change it with? Did we know who he? I think it might have been Bremner. Or was it because he, he seemed to get on with Giles quite well? Because no, nobody a, got on with Giles, surely. Well, weirdly enough, there's a picture of them running in Aussies, uh, which is dedicated to him where I sit. There's a picture of him running round Wembley after the two-two draw, and he's having a having a laugh with Giles. So, but, but you know, perhaps they all put it behind them after they've all kicked each other up in the air. Perhaps mm. it's all proper just, man's game, then, mate. Yeah, man's game, yeah. Kick yeah. shit out of each other, then shake hands and go down the pub and get pissed. Yeah, lovely. My kind of football. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, uh, talking of shirts, actually, JK, uh, we've got another uh, football prizes or at football underscore prizes, as I should say, who are on Twitter of, on, on that handle. We've got another one of their competitions this week. This week is a chance to win a Jorginho signed and custom framed shirt. Now, we know that there are lots of people out there, particularly when we, we wallow in Twitter, that are big, big fans of J5. Uh, I, I kind of like him too, actually, when he behaves himself. I like him. Uh, anyway, so if, it's a beautiful thing. It's kind of a, obviously it's a signed shirt, but it's kind of mounted in a beautiful frame with some nice kind of pictures. So it's all kind of nice, nicely done. Anyway, the tickets are £5.95p each and the draw ends at 7.30pm on Wednesday, the 10th of November. Uh, and if you want to enter it. And so what you have to do, basically, they, they sell lots of tickets so you can buy as many as you want. And they kind of have this big bit like the National Lottery. 
they've got these little kind of ping pong balls in there with numbers on it and it's kind of naught to 99 because there, there are 99 tickets for sale and they put it in this big tombola type thing and they pick one out and if your number comes out you win the shirt it is that simple so you've got a one in 99 chance of winning it which is not bad odds if you think about it so do go along hurry up don't miss out uh, the link is footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Jorginho hyphen Chels as in C-H-E-L-S-E-5 forward slash. So there you go. Get on it, people. I will be putting that link out on Twitter uh, and pinning it there after the show. So keep your eyes out on that if you didn't hear what I said then. And I'll obviously be repeating those messages early next week. So there we go. Right, time to talk about the Chelsea-Burnley game tomorrow. And as always, JK, we like to start with the team selection, don't we? We do. Have you have you had a look the... at mine? Have you had a look at my 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 bash at it? Here it is. It's up here. Um, uh, second Yes, Zayek. I, I, I think will be the um, uh, the one to go. Uh, do you think he's going to start Pulisic? Because that was my first question, actually. No. You don't think no, so? You I don't think so? I, I don't think he will either. I think he'll he'll start Zayek. Mm, why? Um, because amidst the 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 moments of idiocy, um, I th- I think he's getting better. Actually, I think he's there. He's in a position where he's having a go. He's not he's not giving the ball away. He's shooting. He's been unlucky a couple of times. Some very good saves, um, and he had the uh, um, the prescience. He had the knowledge to to run to be in the right place for, for a Doy's brilliant centre. Um, and I think that was, uh, a, a, that was pretty exceptional actually, because, you know, the, um, he could just have been lagging behind, but he really went for it. Um, you've got Rudiger Christensen and Chalabar, which I think, um, uh, so we're not playing Thiago again. Well, we keep saying he's going to rest. Yeah. Yes. You keep saying this every week. And then, and then, and then they play it's every week. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to, pro- surprised to play him. What I would say what I would say is that whoever he picks in defence, they need to be big, burly and strong enough to resist what Burnley are brilliant at, which is set pieces with big lumps up there like Chris Wood. It'll be a bit like Brentford in the second it, half, it, that aspect it, of it, won't it? It could well be. So, you know, I'm thinking... I mean, okay, I feel, I'll let me read the selection out and then we'll, then we'll talk about it. Mendy in, in the goal, obviously. Rudiger, Christensen, Chalobah, Chilwell, Jorginho, Kante. I'll talk about that in a minute. James... Hudson and Doy Havertz Pulisic. That's what I've gone for. And going from the back, you know, I I do think that he's going to rest Silver at some point. Although Silver actually, he, although he's he's not like a you know seven footer, he's 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 quite tough. He, he I mean he's so experienced and knows what he's doing. Because I mean this is the thing, isn't it, Dane? You don't have to be seven foot to no. disrupt a great big hairy ass centre forward in a no. in a set piece. You just have to time your barge properly and that's what Silver's an absolute expert at doing even to the extent where he'll go down looking like he's been shot you know and get a free kick I mean he's a master of it so yeah. I mean I you could see Silver playing in the centre of defence as per and that would be absolutely fine I just think I he's, he's got to be due a rest sometimes he's played the last three games hasn't he yeah, he has, you know, it is a surprise because obviously, you know, even when just because I'm not in the show doesn't mean I don't listen to the shows. And uh, quite a few times in recent weeks, you know, when you've done your predictions and Silver's not playing and then he plays, you know, 
he's a master of the dark arts. You know, he's so streetwise. He's so smart. He's been playing the game for so long. And I would play him tomorrow and I would protect him with Rudiger and Chaloba either side of him, big lumps. And he can... But, you know, Burnley, uh, again, you know, the old dog of Dyche and his tactics, you can imagine him playing like a Barnes and just saying, just push yourself up on Silver. But, you know, Silver, Silver would be prepared for anything. He's seen it, you know, he, he's done it. He's got the T-shirt. And like you, Jesus Christ, I'm just trying to find it. I'm just hoping that next year he stays and we release a shirt I actually like so I can buy one and stick his name on the back because, yeah, yeah he's he's a cult hero. And uh, I've I got a feeling he'll stay next year. Uh, Rumours come out in the last couple of days that he wants to, he wants one more, one and then he's going to go back to his, his boyhood come with Fluminese, I think it is. Fluminese. Yeah. And I hope he does because there's nothing I see now. And, you know, I, I I always say, I say on the other podcast with Dean, my eye would tell me something different to your eye or JK's eye when watching football. But I'm sure we're all in agreement that there's nothing that we can see in Thiago Silva's game that is slowing down. You know, if anything, he's getting better. I remember listening to a podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago and JK said... You know, he complimented the fact that the ball come over, it looks dangerous, and he'll just do this sly little header to his right or left. And it just puts the, you know, puts the puts the fire out straight away with so much ease. And sometimes you see people panic, you know, put it into the stands, which I've not got a problem with, but he is so composed and so calm. And it's like, it's like watching like, you know, a heavenly, it's like watching a god, you know, a footballing, footballing style. It's, it's, you watch him and it is, it's that, like, that, that moment you talk about in the fannies, you're like, you watch Tiago Silva and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. oh my <laughs> God. It's constant. It's a constant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. this regaining, regaining possession under pressure is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Mm. A pressurized header, you'll yeah. go up and you'll just, it, we might know JK because he's so it. calm. It could have got it could yeah, go on to yeah. something else. We would it never doesn't. know. No, no, but, true, but he, he's so yeah. he's so he times the jump so perfectly, and that he just lets occasionally because he, he hangs in the air a bit. He'll just come. He'd be coming down. The ball's there. And he just head it to the left, and we've mm. got the ball. It's, you know, and you it's, think it's beautiful ah, to watch. He, he, does, he just gets it, doesn't he? He, he pats does. the badge. He comes round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the but game. The other, the, the wife is the fans. It's beautiful. It's one of the things it. that made me think that he might not go to Fluminese is the fact that they, the family love it so much here. Mm. And the little boy, the thing the other day when she was something on Twitter, when she was talking about, um, uh, she said defences, and his, the little boy said, "It's defenders, Mama. It's defenders." Mm. Brilliant. He thought, yeah. He's learning English. The boy's learning English. They like the, the educational setup here. They like all of that. If he, in, in, you know, I, I, I would. Th- feel that he would like to try and stay here as long as possible i don't think he he's had a completely phenomenal time here he's won the champions league for goodness sake when he never expected to in his twilight years frank just saying you'd have a you know have a good time here we've got good plans but the fact that he did that the fact that he's such an icon it, it's it, it's been a brilliant end to a, a clearly brilliant career. Got a hundred caps mm. now, hasn't he, for Brazil? It, it's the it very fact we don't speak about him enough, Chid, is whenever we do speak about him, we just say he's completely brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> what else do you say? You because it's, it's just so consistent and he always does it. Um, and he's got so much time, hasn't he? But uh, I, 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 it's really interesting what you're, you're saying there about... I mean, it's, it's, the, the thought that occurred to me is that we have such a fine history, I think, in getting 
some really, really world-class players to come along at the twilight of their career. And then they end up absolutely falling in love with the club. Michael Ballack's probably the best kind of yep. recent example. You know, many people thought, oh, well, you know, he's kind of over the hill now. He was brilliant for us and he fell in love with the club. He still loves it now. He looks at Chelsea as his club, which is insane if you think about it. And there are plenty others where, where you know, that you can equally say the same about. And it's just lovely to see it happening again. And I, I agree with you. I think if, 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 you know, providing he's still fit and healthy enough, I'd love to see him have another another year next year but we shall see anyway see but i would i would not i will pick him and i will pick my team would be exactly the same as we've played last week yeah which is therefore hudson adoy havertz um zayek chilwell Jorginho, kante james rudiger christensen rudiger silver christensen that would be my team yeah, again and, and he may well do it I mean, if he doesn't pick Sil- uh, Silver, I- I- I'm, 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 sh- you know, certain that Christensen can still do a good job in the middle, yeah. and I think Chaloba, as we all know, I think he's a good lump too, and I think they won't get any change out of him. So I'd be very happy to see him there. I think the interesting thing about my selection, there are two things that occur to me. Number one is, you cannot not start Reese James as the right wing back. So that means that Aspie gets left out in my scenario. Either way, in fact, both of our scenarios, which is interesting, of course. But he'll be there for um, uh, in case Chilwell comes off because uh, if Alonso's injured, he can play left back. Yes, that's very yep. true. The only the only other con- point of conjecture that I have is you know can I mean Jorginho again I think is an instant pick when he's fit actually um, because again he does something that very few of them are able to do. That's kind of what his game is. Kante, I mean we know that he's still struggling a bit with injuries at the moment. Um, and so there's that issue that he might still be wrapping him in cotton wool. The other issue, of course, is I, I do think that Loftus-Cheek, you know, in the midfield with Jorginho offers us something that we don't otherwise have. And I think against these teams that are really tough to break down and very physical, which is what Burnley will be, you know, he can offer that something else that we don't have. And I, I would be very happy to see him and Jorginho in midfield. And it almost sounds like sacrilege to say it, Dane. Uh, not to have Kante in there, but I think given the overall context, maybe that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I have I have Ruben in there. I like I know you know Kante can drive with the ball, but you know he lacks something when he gets somewhere near the area. I no, I have Ruben in there, and it's a it's a pick between Kante and Jorginho because I've not got Dave in the starting eleven. I'm thinking, well, maybe we should have I should have Jorginho. Uh, Jorginho to control it and you know Tuchel's not stupid we've seen before he would take players off different not performing it doesn't matter if you're Jorginho who who people are predicting or or want to win the Ballon d'Or you know he will take him off we've seen it before and I would have Ruben in there you've got to be and talking about earlier Thiago Silva being streetwise you've got to be streetwise and very smart playing against Burnley and you've got to sometimes you know, don't allow them onto you because you know how they're going to play. Uh, you know how they're going to perform. And Ruben's a unit. Ruben is on form. There's, there's a couple of grumbles I've had with Tuchel. Not a lot, you know, going on to another subject. I, I'll always go back to last season when Pulisic was playing really, really well. And he rested him at home to Fulham. Haven't got a problem with that. He rested him home to Fulham, bought in Havertz. Havertz scored a couple of goals. We won, but he didn't keep the kettle boiling with Pulisic. He then didn't bring him on, you know, to, to try and influence the game or play him in the next game because Havertz replaced him in that position. That was it. Pulisic was out. I didn't agree with that. And when uh, Ruben had played so well against Brentford, we didn't see him 
for the, the next Champions League game, I thought, bring him on for the last 15 minutes, at least, you know, keep the kettle boiling. I mean, we didn't see him for the next game after that, but it hasn't bothered Ruben because he's obviously, he, he played against Malmo and played really well. So with him, keep the kettle boiling. I'd play him against Burnley. Sorry, I went a little bit round, round in circles, but uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I'm glad you, you brought Pulisic back into the conversation, actually, Dane, because, I mean, he's in my side. Uh, I don't think Mount will start, and I'd rather see Pulisic start than uh, than Ziyech. And that's not to be down on Ziyech because I think that he's he's not, as J.K. was saying, he's not far away, and he's got. I mean, you know, he's got to come good sooner or later because he's got tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. The only thing I worry about is his, is his attitude, in a sense. And I don't mean that he's, you know, he's got a poor attitude per se, but I think that he he can get frustrated easily. I think his concentration is a bit questionable sometimes, etc., etc., etc. But uh, Given that uh, Pulisic scored that wonderful, perfect hat trick against Burnley, um, I mean, you know, you know what they say about players, J.K. They they remember things like that. That some, you know, players have teams that they always like to play because they always, oh yeah, I got a hat trick against them. Fancy it again today. And I think, given that he's been out for a while and his confidence might be lower than a snake's belly, it wouldn't be a bad <laughs> time to bring him back, would it, against a team like Burnley? But do you think that Tuchel pays any attention to that? No, he doesn't. But well, who knows? I don't know. Maybe he does. But I mean, you know, at the moment, I mean, isn't that a bit nineteen eighties? Well, yeah, yeah well, I'm, a, I'm a bit nineteen eighties, mate. So yeah, maybe Gov, that's my Gov, bias coming. Confirmation bias, isn't it? Governor always score against Burnley. Put me back in. All right. I've been son. talking to Kerry too much, haven't I? It's kind of stuff that he would come out with. That's what's yeah, that's, going on. That's, it's a Kerry thing, because. Um, um, I, I think he'll bring Pulisic on in the second half or even late, depending on the state of the game. I think um, he'll come on at some stage and I think Kante will get another hour and he'll, he'll, put, um, he'll put Loftus on, he'll put Cheek on. I, I, that's what I, I feel and he'll, put, he'll bring Mount on if necessary later on. But I think, I don't think, that. well, you know, what do I know? He probably got a completely different plan and we'll discover that... Um, uh, that Vale gets a go, you know, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Well, we'll find out tomorrow at three o'clock. And I have to say the lovely thing is um, it's another, it's the second, uh, I read this in uh, Rick's wonderful, uh, I don't know if you lot read this, but I, I do always read it and print it out for the boys on our running order so we get to read it too. Uh, Rick Glanville's and Paul Dutton's pre-match briefing on, on the Chelsea official website. But there's a lovely, a lovely thing. I mean, he loves a stat desire, Rick. Uh, but uh, there we go. This is the Blues' second successive 3pm kickoff in the league, which, as we all know, is God's chosen time for oh. football. Yeah, brilliant. Love Tenth, it. Yeah. Absolutely teeth. love it. Hen's teeth is, is having 3 o'clock kickoffs. Absolutely. So, now, the last time that happened, this is outrageous. The last time that happened was August 2016. Interestingly enough, the latter of the two was a 3-0 home win over Burnley. Hey. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, lovely three o'clock kickoff. So we'll know at two o'clock whether JK, myself, and Dane are, as ever, barking up the wrong tree. But there we go. Now, here's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk in a minute, no doubt, about, uh, you know, the veracity of uh, Burnley likely to be able to, you know, be a bit awkward and cause us a bit of an upset. Um, but whether or not that may or may not be the case, um, the reality is that I think this is a very important match to win as they always are of course but there's a particular reason why this is the case jk because should we win against burnley there's a very good chance that it will widen the gap between our rivals because uh you've got the the mank derby united versus city on the sunday and i think it's the sunday but anyway if it's the tomorrow whatever uh, it's certainly this weekend and we've got west ham playing liverpool 
So, you know, we know that one of City or United are definitely going to drop points and there's a chance that Liverpool might because West Ham are absolutely on fire at the moment. So that's a surefire way to say if you predicted that they would do well against Liverpool in the Premier Predictions League that they're going to get hammered. But hey. Absolutely hammered. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes, it'll be... um... 3-0 to Liverpool and 3-0 to City and we'll lose 3-0. <laughs> the, okay. the, whole, the whole thing's a disaster. No, I'm 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 putting on my um my Cassandra hat. You are. Um, yeah, um so uh, no, I, yeah, it's a great opportunity. Uh, but all these games have to be won, Chidge. We have to we have to put these sides to the sword because we're so much better than them. You can guarantee that we'll we'll pass the ball around brilliantly. It's just a question of the pace that we pass it at. It was Seems to be no coincidence we score um, when Tuchel has an opportunity to tell them to pass the ball quicker and they get into space more quickly. And um, and they're greatly skillful and he has them um, being able to pass the ball on a sixpence. I mean, part of the um, the the uh, after the the goal, there was a period against Malmo where they just could not get the ball back from us. We were so brilliantly just in was just one touch, bat 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 bat. You thought this is a great side. Um, um, and it, it 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 doesn't happen immediately. It's that thing of you hope they'll, they'll start playing that way, but they don't. Things have to occur. They have to get the pace of the game, pace of the opposition. Um, and if they can score early on, um, great. But I, I I fear the the problem is is that most of these teams um, uh, stay back, try and play as many men behind the ball, and 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 do that same business that we seem to be experiencing a lot of of booting the ball down the pitch and running after it and. Um, uh, or, or had an element of press. They normally, and then the last 15 minutes, the opposition are frequently knackered because they've been doing, doing so much running, trying to nullify um, Chelsea's uh, great skill or even just even get the ball back. So I always feel that there, it, it would be interesting to be in a situation where we were one down and see what we would do. And I think um, I think we'd, we'd cope admirably, unless, of course, the whole shithousery came out and they did all the business of of falling around and 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 wasting time as they attempted to do at Newcastle. But um, uh, no, I'm I'm uh, we should win this game absolutely easily. We are a fabulous side, and he is a wonderful manager. I keep going on about that, and uh, it's um, it's from the technical aspect and the way he gets players to play out of their skins. It's it's a phenomenal football team. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I was talking to George, as you know, earlier on, uh, and and Burnley are an interesting proposition for us, actually, because you know they 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 do a combination of the, the two, and I, I know what you're saying. A lot of these teams will just sit there and park the bus against us, which is, you know, we we know we talk about this all the time. We should batter these teams. Invariably, we don't because you know it is actually hard to break down a team when they've got ten men behind the ball. You know, they're not idiots. If they're really, really well organised, it's really quite tough. Unless you've got a genius playing for you. And I don't actually think we have a genius playing for you. haven't got one of them. No, we don't. It's great to have a genius, wouldn't it? It would. Well, we used to have Hazard, and he was a genius. You know, and that's great if you have, but we don't. So it takes a lot of patience, a little bit of luck sometimes, and a lot of hard work. But see, the thing about Burnley is they don't just do that. Burnley, Burnley are very direct, and they're very aggressive. They're very physical, very intense, and very physical, and they will press you. They will hunt the ball. They will give it a go. And I think they will. I think they will give it a go. And what I was saying to George earlier was that that's interesting, isn't it? Because whilst it worries me a bit, because Burnley always worry me for some reason, even though the record states that we've only lost once to them in 14 games. So, you know, the reality is we should hump them stupid tomorrow. But they always worry me because I know that they're awkward. 
And the interesting thing is, if they do go for it, which I think they will, I mean, they did it brilliantly against Anfield last season, if you remember. You know, they're capable of beating some bloody good teams by doing this. But of course, if they do have a go at us, it will actually leave more space at the back for us to exploit. And we're bloody good at doing that. Yeah. You know, so and I said that to George and he kind of he kind of acknowledged that. He said it's a real conundrum, isn't it? And it is because, you know, them going for it could actually play into our hands. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens tomorrow as a result. But, but Chich, I think, you know, it's the same way as we worried about Newcastle. The, all these teams, it's because we're worrying about them because of previous experience playing them. And I agree they do d- combine that. But I just think. That ultimately, it, it's so difficult to get the ball back from us unless we make an error and they pounce on it, which is, which is what almost happened against Malmo. So, uh, but you, we just have to put the ball in the net. Um, and I really, I really, yeah, early. I really yeah. would love to see us do that because we haven't done that the last couple of games. Really love to see us do that and see what the reaction would be because it just opens up even more space. And we're such a good side going forward and such a good defensive side yeah. that. You know, I, 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 we should, you know, I keep going about this. We should win these games easily and we shouldn't give any goals away. They've got well, a different option up front now, haven't they? Maxwell, Cornet. Usually they have two lumps, you know, Barnes and Wood, but now they've got yeah, that beautiful yeah. Chris Wood and Cornet, who, who drug, but, you know, rates quite highly. They had some interaction, him and Maxwell Cornet on, on, on Twitter in the week. And he was saying, you know, go, go and express yourself and you know, show what you can do. But yeah, they, ugh, Tarkovsky and me, two centre-backs. Apparently, Frank Lampard was really interested in Tarkovsky. He wanted yes. him to come in and be a spine. But, yeah, you're, you're so right, 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 Chich. It's, uh, you know, they've always played that 4-4-2 in the Premier League for years now. Uh, well, sorry, as, as Sean Dyche would say, 4-4 fucking two, mate. Yeah, no, it, they, they, they're, it, they're in a conundrum, so it'll be quite, I couldn't get the word out, conundrum. Uh, you've, so be, have you borrowed my teeth? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was that pub lunch I had earlier, which is uh, coming back to bite me on the ass. Uh, yeah, no, but I'm looking at their, 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 their lineups for the last couple of games, and it's the same sort of lineup you expect. That Maxwell Cornet, you know, could be quite dangerous. But he scored I four in five, dude. Right. He's Maxwell yeah. Cornet. See, I was hoping he was called Maxwell Cornet because, of course, you know, that would tell okay. me that he's probably on the bugle, and, and he probably, you know, he probably, you know, uh, he starts blowing a bit hard in the second half, you know. <laughs> Cornet is French for crow. Did you know that? Is it? Mm. He's from the Ivory Coast. Mm. Or the oh, Côte, Côte d'Ivoire, if you prefer. Yeah, that's thank why you. he's obviously got his... Uh, yeah, he was talking in the week, wasn't he, about his uh, relationship with Drogba and uh, he contacted Drogba and he, he actually said, I, I watched Chelsea as a kid thanks to, you know, Drogba again. You know, the, these players that we don't realise, you know, they, they spread our name all over the world and People so far out will start watching Chelsea from from years ago, and he said, "Yeah, he was watching Chelsea, and he was a big fan and big fan of Drogba, and it's one of his heroes." And he he got in contact with him, and he said he's been giving him advice ever since. So. Mm. I mean, one of the things that I that I that, that 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 George mentioned that I thought was quite interesting about how Burnley will play this, and you know, J.K. is absolutely spot on as ever, and, and and obviously so. You know, if we get an early goal, we're in the box seat, and really we shouldn't really lose games from there, given how given how good and solid and strong we are defensively. But if Burnley get, score first, you know, he said that what they'll do is they will revert to a part of the bus side and they'll just try and defend and keep us out. So, you know, it just shows you how important that first goal is. Um, nevertheless, it would be lovely to win. It would be lovely to be top uh, going into the international break. And it would be even more lovely if... I mean, that's a good point, actually, JK. What's the what's the best results? For, I mean, obviously, West... I mean, actually, because West Ham are there or thereabouts. Really, we want two draws from those games, I would have thought. Yeah. 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 Every time, yeah. 
which is which is on the cards actually with West Ham and Liverpool. I think it, it might be a high-scoring um, drawn game, up two-two. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that that would be the best for us. And yet, West Ham are playing so well, um, uh, and he might have a plan, Moyes. Moyes is a canny manager, plan mm. stop from playing. Um, yeah, with the three the three up front are the major problems, aren't they? Um, and, and stopping Salah from from executing his magic. Um, being very interesting, big good game to watch actually. Interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're all watching uh, Burnley or Chelsea Burnley tomorrow. J.K., how do you see it going, mate? Uh, three nil. Three nil. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Dane? I just did some quick calculations, and I, I'm intrigued by your draws. If we oh, again, it's all different butts in it. If both those games are draws, you know, which regards Liverpool, Man City, West Ham, and United, that put us five points above Liverpool. Seven above City and West Ham, ten above United. Wow. Well, we can only dream. I'm going for four nil Chelsea. Thank you very four much. Four nil. Yep. There you go. Uh, Dane's adopted the JK role this week, I see. <laughs> Lordy. Is that what you've predicted in the Prem Predictions <laughs> yeah, League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I Me too. I predicted four nil in the Prem Predictions. <laughs> okay, well I, I have to say there's a slight difference between you and Dane by the possibly about forty places, mate. Uh, so uh, I'm, we shouldn't be so shocked at, at Dane, but maybe maybe he's having a funny five minutes. I've gone for three nil actually, because I keep going for two, uh, two, and, and I, for some reason I keep saying that we're going to concede a goal, but we never look like it. So now, so I'm saying three nil, which means of course we're bound to concede a bloody goal. And I've got I've done the same in the Prem predictions league. So yes, God yes. God help us for that then. But we're uh, hexing it, aren't we? We're hexing it by uh, saying, <laughs> mate, you got. I mean, this is the thing. We got to, we got to nail our colours to the mast. So let's hope we're all right. That's the main thing. Now, uh, as you uh, have probably just heard, you you heard me mention the uh, the Prem predictions league, uh, and I've got the results out now because of course we were still playing a match on Monday, where fortuitously I actually managed to get. Uh, I mean, I think it was, it was the Wolves Everton game, wasn't it, on the Monday night? And uh, I got that spot on. I got my first spot on for what seems like weeks. Not that it's done me much good, um, but uh, I can just quickly run over the the, the runners and the riders. Uh, Jonathan, as aforementioned, uh, actually, Jonathan, you got nil point, which is an improvement for you. Usually, <laughs> usually you get minus points. Why did you get nil points this week? I was thinking of doing this every week, just not taking part, because I think I'll go up. Uh. You might, you would, I think, given that you're 125 points behind Kyle Weaving, who's in 73rd, that's a bit of a bold gamble to take. But Kevin, I have, I have taken part this week, I have to say. Yeah, you forgot last week, didn't you? Completely. Yeah, but there you go. But as I said, I think it probably was slightly to your benefit. Anyway, Jonathan's propping us all up as per. Oh, and guess what? I went up a massive one place from 70th to 69. So there we go. Uh, yeah, I had a I had a better than a, a better. Well, the, the, very unkindly says what your average score is every week. Uh, so my paltry seventy points was actually better than my average, and that was courtesy of my spot on. So I'm in sixty ninth place. Uh, Pat Nevin is in sixty fourth with his series of two ones. He always goes two one. Canners had a, an average week better than me though, but he's in fifty ninth place. Dino has come back down to earth a bit, having been cocky, saying he was going to be on page one. He's on equal <laughs> equal 54th. He got a horrible six. Shocking, 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 Dean. Uh, and the legend that is Kerry Dixon, who takes this far too seriously, I can because I, I have to basically phone up Kerry and Canners to get their predictions off them because they, they they don't understand computers, so they can't they can't enter in themselves. So I have to do it. Canners forgot the other week, or I couldn't get hold of him, but they, they are deadly serious. I mean, Kerry is just, like, so bloody competitive. 
and he hates the fact that he's in 51st place and on page two but he's slightly assuaged by the fact that he's above both canners and pat so he, he gets yeah. some comfort from that but anyway he got 80 points he's in 51st uh and then running up from us lot mark Meehan is in 46th uh dane dane is in 39th you're doing moderately well dane I blame Tony Glover. I had a really good week about four weeks ago and he wasn't very complimentary about me. And I've just been averaging about 30 to 40 points ever since then. So it's Glover's fault. Yeah, I mean, 34 is nothing to write home about, but I mean, you know, you have got approximately 300 points more than me. So I shall probably shut up right now. Uh, so there we go. Uh, and then Martin, uh, Martin slipped down hugely. It's just surprising. If I missed Mark Meehan out, maybe I have. I don't know. Mark, no, maybe I didn't. Mark's in 46. But anyway, yeah, Martin usually does very, very well because he's got such a massive brain. Uh, but he's in 30th. He's had a bad, bad, bad couple of weeks. So he slipped down to 30th. Glover, who was like lording it over everybody the other week and winning money and uh, all that kind of stuff. He got massive, two weeks of massive amount of points. So he moved, moved. He was like down with me and JK, Dane. And then he suddenly shot. He was in the top 10. Well, anyway, normality is setting in because Tony got a right royal nine points last week. (laughs) I've got my eye on it. Yeah, utter, utter shit, Tony. So there we go. Normal service has been resumed. Um, so there you go. So Tony's in twenty eighth, and uh, the best of us lot is the is dear old Marco Worrell, who is astonishingly good at these things. I mean, he's like in his fantasy football league. He does very, very well in that. He's clearly, clearly knows something that none of us do. Um, but he had a moderately successful week. He only got eighty one points, but he's still in sixth. And I mean, the point is, is that actually, as I'll get to now, I mean, the performer of the week was in fact our, our top boy of the week, and he has been every week. Luke Withers is still in the lead, been top of the table all season. Uh, he's got a massive 1,304 points, and he got 143 points, including a, including the bonus for getting the fastest scorer. So he got 143 points. He's still top. Now, that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, you know, that, it was a very low-scoring week. Everybody struggled to varying degrees last week. It was not easy. Uh, anyway, the final shout-out goes to the lovely Javier Chacon, who uh, who got 111 points, and he's now second. But, 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 Javier uh, has won the Manager of the Month for October. And when I say Manager of the Month, I don't mean just the Fancast League. I mean all the leagues. And there's about 1,700 people who play in the Prem Predictions League. So Javier has won, won it and won Manager of the Month. And that follows up, uh, forgive me, I forgot who else won it, but we've had two winners of Manager of the Month come from the Chelsea Fancast League. So whilst JK and I might be absolutely shit, uh, there are clearly brilliant people amongst us. We are on the, we are on the company of greatness. Two Manager of the Month uh, winners. And uh, as Andy on Mixler has just reminded me, we're, we're top of the mini-league. So out of all the mini-leagues of which we are one, we are the best performing. So well done, everybody who plays in this. You're doing us proud and making up for how horribly shocking that JK and I are. So thank God for that. Anyway, uh, Javier has won uh, a bottle of uh, Glenfiddich, a bottle of scotch, as befits uh, Manager of the Month winners back in the day, JK, as we were saying earlier. Bell's Manager of the Month. Bell's Manager of the Month. That's right. They used to, they used to win an optic size one, didn't they? They did. Yeah, they did. brilliant. Massive. I remember once a long time ago, I got a bit pissed off. I was at a party, hammered. This is when I was at university. And uh, we ran out of booze, which is disgraceful. Disgraceful. How can you run out of booze? So I went to the local pub and they, they didn't have anything to sell me. I actually bought an optic-sized bottle of vodka. I said, I'll have that then. <laughs> so off I wandered down the road with an optic-sized bottle of vodka. But anyway. These are the days of grants. 
Uh, no, these are the days of cunning bank loans. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I, I did all the banks in Baker Street over a three-year period. I might as well have gone in with a balaclava, mate. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, we digress. Yeah, so Xavier's won a bottle of Glenfiddich, uh, which is brilliant, apart from the fact that he's in Texas. So uh, Kiro, who runs the leagues, can't send them out overseas, I'm afraid, uh, for various reasons. And Xavier's uh, uh, very great, uh, very lovely of him, actually. He's, uh, he's lobbed it back into the pot. And uh, Kiro and I have decided what we should do, rather than, you know, leave it in my undeserving hands to add to my liver rot what we're going to do is we're going to bounce it back out we're going to we'll f- figure out a competition and a, and a question to ask you and we'll put it all out to you on monday probably shove it on twitter and uh and instagram as well uh, but you'll have to be in the uk to enter because kiro can't send it abroad so uh so there we go so well done javier for being very magnanimous and lovely and chucking it back in the pot uh and uh I, we will raise a glass to you anywhere hopefully we'll get to see you one one day and be lovely i know you're in texas so it would be lovely to get you over to england but there you go so what do you think of that jk i think it's great i think we should have um can we not involve the, them guessing the team <clears throat> guessing the team over but you know you want that to be internal don't you yeah yeah no, no, I think that might be a good idea. Guessing the team plus a question as well. Trouble is, there's an international break now, so it'll be like ages before we know what the team is. Would it be two weeks? Oh, it'll be that. Is it, is it ages? Two weeks' time? Uh, so we could just go first goal scorer. Guess the first. Yeah, but it could, could keep on going on, though, couldn't it? Well, you, we'll all have a chat offline, and then we'll have mm. a think about it, and we'll come up with a boss question, yeah. and we'll we'll try yeah. and get it in for Monday's show. Uh, yeah. Bearing in mind... Well, I mean, we're going to be doing shows... Actually, that's a good point, by the way... Um, we are going to be doing a show this coming Friday. So I think that's the 12th of November um, during the international break. We're going to have another Q&A show. It was so much fun last time, apart from the hilarious... I mean, JK wasn't here, which is a shame, uh, but he had better things to do that night. He was performing. Uh, and uh, But we had it was really funny. I had Mark Meehan and I had Marco Worrell on because I thought, oh, you know, great Chelsea sages... You know, they've written all these books. Everybody would be wanting to ask them questions. But we had Adam Newson on. Nearly every question went to Adam. It was actually almost embarrassing. <laughs> you know, everybody wanted to pick. Which just shows you how good Adam is, really, you know. So there we go. So Adam's not coming back. Not on the Q&A show. We're going to have Sam in. <laughs> Adam's banned. Adam's banned. We've probably we got, we got Sam on, so maybe it'll be the same as Sam. But we'll, there'll be a few of us on there. Uh, and uh, we're going to do it slightly differently this time. I mean, I heard what you're saying. You people who live a long way away we're going to do it at 8 8 p.m gmt so that's eight o'clock our time i hope because we're doing it an hour later that means a few of you uh, will be able to join who don't normally join but it'll be open to anybody who's a, a chelsea fancast patreon and anybody who's in our discord group so uh, i will put details on both patreon and discord uh, for the q a show next week but uh, it'd be a lovely to see a few of you in there we it's a lovely show we there's no script it's brilliant you just ask questions we try and answer them and uh, you know we relax we can have a few drinks while we're doing it it's lovely so i commend that to you and on the monday night ah on the monday we're going to be finally doing the uh, 50 years of chelsea 98 99 season so that's the plan for monday of the international break and another thing is i've had a book to review from a very well-known uh chelsea author 
whose books I've read in the past, and I won't say anything more about that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna read it this week, and I'm gonna interview him hopefully the week after. So there'll be plenty of Chelsea fancast stuff kicking around during the international break. So don't get depressed that there's no decent football content out there, because I know what you mean. Anyway, that's enough from us. We've been waffling on for far too long. Dane, brilliant to see you as always. Oh yeah, loved it. Yeah, really loved it. As I said, it's, I'm getting so used to Dean and Dean now. I, I can't remember last time I come on. On, on on the fan cast but as I say you know I, I hold you and JK in such high adulation that you know oh you fool come on you fool it's not enough to come on oh, and talk, talk obviously with you lot my head is getting bigger and bigger <laughs> oh god brilliant uh, well always lovely to see you Dane you know that mate and uh, no Thank doubt you. we'll be seeing you again soon uh, JK you old yes. rogue you great to see oh, you loved your fan bite again absolutely yeah, brilliant. brilliant again brilliant oh. brilliant brilliant Thank you, thank you so much. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get in. There was a wonderful Rudiger moment, should you wouldn't have seen this, where um, the 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 quite swift centre forward they brought on ran towards Rudiger, who did a kind of sort of lunge at him, and the guy fell backwards, holding his head, and lay on the floor, and Rudiger hadn't touched him, so Rudiger went past him and laughed like a hyena <laughs> in big close up. <laughs> And it was such a good moment. It was the Guinness moment of Guinness. Celery, moment. celery. Sorry, sorry. I'm so sorry. So sorry. Yes, yes. The celery moment. Oh, yes. It's Guinness is. Oh, sorry. Yeah. It was uh, the celery moment. And I just thought I must put that in. I thought I can't. I, can't. I wanted to do also because yeah. it's a reference to the show. I'm trying to get more references to the show in just because it's what we're advertising ultimately. But it, I, it was it was like, well, it was one too far because I wanted yeah. to talk about the game a bit more in it because it yeah. was just an int- intriguing game because we should have scored and we weren't at our best, you know, as, I, as I've said. But it was um, it was yes, it was. Uh, He's become such a character. I really do hope that we don't um, we don't Absolutely. lose him. I really do. J.K., we, you have nothing to advertise but your genius. Oh, no. <laughs> my head is now. It, look, it's on the edge of the Zoom. It's taken there over Zoom. Go. Oh, God. Uh, boys, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Um, I, Dane, are you, you getting in, in time for a drink at the cock? No, I've had to give up my tickets tomorrow. Oh, no. uh, I've got a social, uh, yeah, I've got a social event going on, so I had to put them on the uh, ticket exchange. Oh, bummer. Yeah. What a shame. Well, hopefully I'll see you at the next one. JK, I look forward to seeing you at the stall tomorrow. By the way, everybody, if you want to meet JK and buy a copy of the book about his dad, which I can assure you will be brilliant, uh, just just meet him and have a chat with him. He will be uh, at Love the stall to. on... From midday, um, but there you go. But make sure, don't shake hands with him, not in these COVID times. Don't breathe on him. He's too precious to me. Don't Whatever you do, mm-hmm. don't harm him, okay? <laughs> so there you go. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Mixler people, as always, so such a delight to see you all in here, uh, getting a little sneak preview of our preview show. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Right, we will be back. Me and JK will be back on Monday for the main Chelsea Fancast show with Marco Worrell and Mark, me and JK. Ooh. Oh, what a combination. Lovely combo, yeah. isn't it? So Brilliant. there you go. Yes. Brilliant. I'm very much looking forward to the Monday evening already. Now, thanks for listening. See you on Monday. And until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Happy, Happy Chelsea! Chelsea!